0: Okay, we are recording. This just happened to me. The following podcast is a Saiyan Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to God. You must say these words. plateau Barada. Victor. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sci-Fi Watcher, episode 111, Triple One. Glad you guys could join us again tonight. This week, we're going to talk about the novel Cloud Atlas. So uh, sit back, relax, and hear our thoughts on the 500-plus page adventure. I'm Corey Shretton. Joining me, as always, my friend Mr. Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going? Hey, man. I am just now getting over Turkey Day. <laughs> oh my god i I thank God it was just me and my son. I just bought like a three pound turkey breast, so it wasn't like a ton of meat. That's
1: smart. I'm still uh, eating uh, yeah. leftovers.
0: <laughs>
1: was it Was it just you and your wife? Yeah
0: it's your fault then <laughs> exactly. yeah it was it was just me and my son we bought a three pound I bought a three pound turkey breast which doesn't look big but it's all meat so it's a lot of food so yeah it, it only took like two hours to cook and it was so much easier than actually getting the whole turkey and you know all that grease and uh, it's a more pain to clean than anything
1: and you're very smart my
0: friend I'll do that next uh, year I, uh, I am out of turkey now oh thank god <sighs> <Whew. laughs> uh, I don't want to think about it. I'm kind of sick of it. I, I'll I'll save my appetite for Christmas when it comes up for more turkey. There you go. Uh, before we start up here, let's talk about the donations. You know, you guys, you, if you want to help out the show, you could always uh, donate over at slash donate It'll help out the show and all the podcasts we do. Any amount would be appreciated. If you want to head over there right now, it's slash All right, news of the week here. Got another Star Wars rumor story here, but this one is really interesting. Uh, according to inside sources over at Yahoo, apparently the Millennium Falcon has been built for Star Wars Episode Seven, but it's a full-scale one-to-one model.
1: That's pretty freaking cool.
0: Inside and out, they were this. Supposedly, they were spilt offset and moved to Lucasfilm Bad Robot Productions um when they were ready for filming so could you imagine them making a full-size falcon
1: i mean there's a lot of their budget right there building that thing
0: yeah well that's the thing i mean i mean i i mean really what the details are you going to use this ship to to film the scenes i mean we're not going to cgi this are we going to actually have like a green screen and and use this ship and use camera angles to make it look like it's
1: moving or what i don't know but that that's really smart i think if you want realism, kind of, you can't go better than in a full-scale model. Because look at the way the first Star Wars were shot—all mm-hmm. models. But what's the next best thing? A full-scale model.
0: And we've always said that special effects—if you use physical effects instead of you know computer-generated and models—you know it looks so much much more realistic. Yeah, I think it's. Oh, I would love to see this. I would love to see this. This would be make a great attraction. You know,
1: that could be another reason why they did it. <laughs>
0: You you, you never know, well, because, you know, Disney owns this, so it wouldn't surprise me if we saw this in a Disney theme park.
1: That's pretty smart.
0: That is, though. That is so cool. If if this is true, I am super excited. Um, We will keep you posted on that, and of course, it seems like every week we're finding out new Star Wars rumors, and uh, so far, this is the best one we've had. So, uh, Jurassic World, this is what, Jurassic Park 4, basically?
1: What's this about? Um, yeah, yeah. this is a uh, this is based off of a tweet by the director Colin um, Frevero, his name. But you know there was somebody asking him about the uh, the reboot and what's going to happen in it, and um, he he basically said, "Reboot is a strong word. This is a new sci-fi terror adventure set 20 years after the horrific events of Jurassic Park. So not only is it a I guess a sequel, but it's like a way out in the future sequel." Well, but it kind of makes sense, though, because
0: it's been 20-something years since the first film came out. Oh, sorry. You're right. (laughs) Well, I mean, mean, that makes sense, though. It's not like it's been two years. You know, it came out, what, 1993, I think, Jurassic Park came out? Yeah. So, and, you know, if you want to get some of the characters back from that film, they obviously look a lot older, so kind of keep it real-time, which makes sense to me if you're going to do that.
1: Yeah, not far out future, I guess, more present.
0: Yeah, you know, because... Like I said, the first film came out, I think, 1993. And you said how many years? Is,
1: 22 uh, years.
0: Okay, so that would be like 2000. And it says yeah, here,
1: yeah, in the article, 22 years old when when the movie comes out. So makes sense.
0: Yeah, so they're going to ch- cheat a little bit, which is fine with me. I don't mind if you do that. I'd rather have you do that instead of saying, oh, yeah, this is three years after the events of that.
1: Event. But, I mean, um, looking at um, the story, they also talk about rumored um, people that are going to be in it. Chris Pratt, uh, Bryce... Dallas Howard, Ty Spinkin, none of those people were in the original film, so I guess they're gonna have an all-new cast. I think
0: it's gonna be—you're probably gonna have like, was a Sam Sam Neal mm-hmm. might show up, or or Jeff Goldblum. They'll probably have one or two people somehow in there because I, I I don't want a brand-new cast. I would like a couple of the old people, but but in all honesty, I don't I don't care.
1: You know, you don't the care first film this? was.
0: No, first of all, I read the book first. I love the book. So the movie was like "Eh," to me, Mm -hmm. but the, but the first movie to me was really good. Special effects were amazing, et cetera, et cetera. Second movie to me felt like, uh, King Kong kind of like the the dinosaurs are loose in the city Mm -hmm. and, and the third film kind of like, all right, let's try to recreate Jurassic Park one again. and Let's get a couple of the characters back from the first film and try to recreate that magic. And there was nothing there. Did
1: Michael Crichton make any other uh, books or was it just the one book?
0: He wrote this. He wrote um, Lost World, which was Jurassic Park two, and that was it, huh? I don't think I don't think he had anything to do with three or 4. three. Obviously, nothing to do with four.
1: But I mean, he says new sci fi terror. So does that mean like dinosaurs with lasers, or what do you think that means? Uh, pterodactyls. <laughs> what flying dinosaurs? Oh, okay. Pterodactyl. What are you laughing like? I made that up. I thought you were making a joke, but the whole sci fi no. thing, you know. It didn't feel yeah, like sci-fi like in the
0: first, the other films, but no, it it didn't. I'm I i do not know what you you're right though. It almost sounds like we're gonna do a Godzilla film, Mecha Godzilla type of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I really have no interest in this because I've lost interest in Jurassic Park, and it's been forever since they made a Jurassic Park film. Yeah,
1: but I mean the effects are gonna be a lot better than they were. Yeah. Yeah, and those effects were mind blowing for the time. Yeah. That this is this reminds me of the whole Independence Day thing. Remember how there was a reboot. Mm-hmm. It was also another special effects, you know, right. great special effects at the time, so.
0: Yeah, but you can't rely on special effects. You have to have a good story, too. Right.
1: So, I know you
0: complain a lot that you don't like it when there are hot girls in films and they only use their voices.
1: <laughs> I do. We talked about this before. You're like, <laughs> I don't know what film you are oh, talking about. We're talking like, like Frozen or it was some animated movie.
0: Yeah, you were talking about some animated movie off the air with me. Like, all oh, these hot girls are in it, but they're just their voices. So the film, and I hadn't seen this film yet, the Spike Jones film, Her. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen this one starring? No, uh, I, w- I want Scarlet- to see it,
1: but they don't, it's not Scarlet- going to come here to my town.
0: Yeah, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. She basically, she plays like a, a computer. She's like Siri type of thing. Scarlett Johansson. So, so you get the voice, but you don't get the pretty face to go with it. Um. They say that she's ineligible for a Golden Globe because her body isn't physically in the movie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. She's ineligible because she's only a voice in the Didn't,
1: film. did um, Tom Hanks get an Oscar or something for, for Toy Story or no? Yeah, but I think that was probably
0: like under animation or something like that. I guess Golden Globes doesn't have a... This is an animation. This is live action. And I guess they don't have a live action voice. Ah, okay. Which... To me, she should be eligible for you know, Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress or whatever. Mm-hmm. To me, it would be more of a challenge. I would think so. To, to, to act with just your voice, no expressions. Right. But I, This is just the Golden Globes, though. I, I, I'm curious how the Academy Awards are going to treat uh, I this. I think it'll
1: be the same thing. She won't be in it. I don't know.
0: We'll have to wait and see, though. But it, it is kind of BS, though. So maybe, maybe because of this, they're going to have to change the rules on... What eligibility is for, you know, these categories, right? But I do want to see this. Her, I don't know. I don't even know if it's ever going to come
1: out. Well, I mean, on, like I said, uh, it's out on limited release now. Just like all these indie movies, they they come they go to the big cities first, and then if they do well, you'll see them at your local cineplex. Yeah, but unfortunately,
0: but all the other big it's, movies it's,
1: are kind of taking up all the theater space. So, good luck. It's got a limited release date of December 18th. Oh, so you're right. It's not even out yet. Yeah. Well,
0: October 13th, it had a New York Film Festival release date. I remember seeing something about eight months ago. Yeah. And January 10th, 2014, has a wide release. That's when we'll get to see it. That's probably when we'll get to see it. I want to see this film. It looks interesting. I do too. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll do it on the show. I don't know. I, it says it's a science fiction romantic comedy, but I don't know. It's really science fiction. Yeah. Per se, but I do want to see this film. So yeah, I guess we'll have to wait until January when it makes its, you know, country wide uh, worldwide country release or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, the Nolan's Nolan brothers are working on Interstellar. Is that right? That's correct. What's going on with that?
1: Well, uh, according to your article uh, I got here, that um, the trailer for Interstellar will play before the new Hobbit film coming out on December thirteenth. It's a one-minute, 43-second trailer. So we've heard a lot of good things about it. I mean, Christopher Nolan, of course, you know, he's famous for Batman and, and other films. So I'm kind of excited to see what he has in store for this.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is his first adventure after the Dark Knight series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting because I think, you know, we have we have a bar set pretty high for him. And he's pretty much... You know, batting a thousand right now.
1: I mean, he's got a lot of big names in here, but I don't know. I get scared when I see all these big names in one place. Mm -hmm. That doesn't always translate into a big box office or big story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like these films where it's like all these big names and the story
1: sucks. Look at movie 43,
0: (laughs) (laughs) which ironically, I believe is on Netflix. I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching this because it's 43 different
1: people you know, but.
0: Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, you said it comes out December 13th. Hopefully for the December 15th show, we might actually get a trailer available to the public we can actually talk about.
1: Oh, yeah. But the movie doesn't come out until next November, so.
0: Just stop. Well, yeah, so you know what it's going to be? It's going to be one of these nondescript trailers. It's probably just going to have the name. I'm going to hate that. They don't show me
1: any scenes. (laughs) I'll be upset.
0: But but here's the thing, though. They're putting it in front of a huge film. It's not like you have to go watch a crappy film for this trailer. You know, because there are some people out there that's like, you know, Harry Potter trailers coming out in front of this crappy film, and people just go see the trailer and leave. Really, I wouldn't pay money to do that. <laughs> there are there are people that have done that for certain trailers. Wow, I bet you, I bet you, if they ever did that with the new Star Wars when they come out with like the first trailer in the theater, if they put it in front of a crappy
1: film, people will go pay just to see the trailer. But see, those kind of movies have a built in audience. This is something brand new. It's a brand new IP, so. Uh, that's true and that's why they're putting it on top of a big yeah interview. they need all the publicity they no. can get
0: right so i saw this article this i think this is hilarious of course we all know george takai from star trek fame and uh apparently on december 15th he has a perfume coming out called oh my <laughs> <laughs> that's e-a-u-m-y genius I love it, and according to the official website, it says set phasers to stunning. George Takai's "Oh My" is a clean, refreshing fragrance for men and women, subtle and charming, with top notes of mandarin zest, Italian bergamot, and French ozone, transitioning to night blooming jasmine, white freesia petals, and grated ginger. Sensual woods, crystallized amber, soft skin musk, and vetiver will delight you when dry. I mean, he is milking his his Star Trek background. Well, 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 he's not even that now. He's like an internet meme. Yeah. You know, he's very he's very heavy in the social media sites. Oh, I know. And and you know, a lot of people are like, oh my god, he he posts something hilarious and it, it spreads like wildfire. That's just so funny. I I I love the fact because you know yeah, ooh the toilet and ooh to this and he and of course his famous line, oh my,
1: and of course it's like yes, you had to do this, guys, you had to do this. Is this the last we're gonna see of of his shenanigans? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. You know what? I
0: want to see a commercial on TV with him pushing this stuff. That would be pretty funny. He knows he's ha- he's having fun with it. He needs to have an ad you know? in the
1: Super Bowl with this.
0: <laughs> oh my God!
1: Hi, I'm George Takai. <laughs> it's like
0: I can see him doing this. I can. I really can. If he ever posts puts a video of this, I'm just gonna we're gonna talk about it because I will probably pee my pants. <laughs> oh, George Takai, you you have never failed us yet uh let's uh keep going here um i do a show with my friend bill constantini called tardis chronicles where we geek out on all things doctor who related including news rumors and so much more Uh, we are celebrating christmas early we're going to do all the david tenet christmas stories with uh, we just did the christmas invasion this week and we are working through his entire run through the month of december and i think it's going to go into january actually looking at the schedule if you head on over to TARDISCHRONICLES.COM right now, you could download and subscribe to the show. Or you could join us here Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time over at TARDISCHRONICLES.COM slash live. So got some stuff here in the sci-fi poor pourri. This is the stuff that doesn't go anywhere else. These are clips of things I thought interesting are online, and I found some this week. Um, cellos in Star Wars. This is I thought this was a great little video. They uh, the final duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader is basically recreated with Two cellos. Uh the the guys called the piano guys, uh duel with electronic electric cellos, which I didn't know there was such things electric cello. Apparently there uh, is playing yeah, it you can play playing with playing it with lightsabers. Yeah. yeah, playing it with quote unquote lightsabers. And uh, I sat down and watched this and I thought the scene was ingenious.
1: Um, it's pretty cool. I thought it was, I watched it. I thought it was pretty uh pretty creative. It reminds me of I, that girl that plays a violin that does the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: I just like the fact that did the, the, the Star Wars look and feel to it too, you know, it wasn't just, let me sit here and play this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know
1: there was electric cellos.
0: <laughs> you electric know, I didn't know the, man. Jeez. <laughs> it's just, it's cool. It, yeah. And they don't look like your traditional cellos either, which I like. It's, it's a really great little video. It's four minutes, 10 seconds. Uh, go check it out. Check everything else we talk about over at our website, sci-fi watcher.com. Speaking of Star Wars, what if Quentin Tarantino had made Star Wars? Here's a, a little video I found over at Geek Twins' website where they took the, the opening music for Pulp Fiction and took clips of Star Wars and synced it up. So you, got, you get some of the, the, the conversation from Pulp Fiction with the characters in Star Wars and put together, and uh, this was pretty good, I thought.
1: Not bad. Took took some time. Yeah, not perfect, but I do like the idea behind it. Yeah, not a perfect sync-up okay. on, the, on the lip-syncing. But.
0: No, it's not, but, but it, I give him credit. It's a lot of work to do this stuff, so i got to give him credit for that. Oh, yeah. But it makes me wonder, what would Star Wars be like if Quentin Tarantino actually made it, though?
1: I would like to see that, but it's never going to happen.
0: No, it's not. But, I, but when I saw this, this
1: title of this, before I even looked at the video, I was like, wow, that would be pretty cool. I'd like to see a, a Quentin, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino recut of a film. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, that would be awesome. Just like that one guy, uh, Topher Grace, when he did it.
0: Yeah, when he took the, the first three Star Wars films. And we're never going to get to see.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I know. That, that, that's got to come out. Disney's got to release that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see Quentin Tarant. Or even, even if he doesn't recut these films, I'd like to ha- it'd be cool to have him sit down and just explain to you his, his idea of what Star Wars would be like. Oh, yeah.
1: you know? would be said, awesome. Somebody to awesome. ask him that question.
0: That would, be, have a, that would be an awesome podcast. Oh, yeah. You know, Quentin Tarantino talking about how he would make films. This is how I'd make Star Wars. This is how I'd make Indiana Jones. This is how, it'd be like, oh, my God, that'd be awesome.
1: Well, speaking of Indiana Jones, have you seen that video online where they, they show you the behind the scenes for Indiana Jones? Yeah, I did see that one.
0: Uh, PBS, I that guess. PBS, yeah, footage. Of Raiders of the Lost Star. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was pretty cool. I, I love the behind the scenes stuff. That always gets me excited. Yeah, I, I didn't put that in here because I didn't really well, consider no, it's sci-fi. Really sci-fi,
1: but yeah.
0: But it, but it was pretty cool, and I get depressed. You know, I I don't even know why we do podcasts anymore. <laughs> like, go over check out episode one zero six over at sci slash one zero six. We talked about Terminator Two Judgment Day, and and then go watch this sixty second animation of Terminator Two. You know, this is one of the many ones we have seen before, and they did the whole film in 60 seconds.
1: Yeah, I love these little videos.
0: I do too, but it's just like, we just talked about this, this movie for like 25 minutes, and you guys did it in 60 seconds for us.
1: I know. They must have saw our, our, our review, and they said, we can do it better.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's not hard to do.
0: I I, I've said about this stuff before, but it's got to be difficult to watch a film and then try to figure out how you're going to make it into 60 seconds.
1: I mean, they hit all the high points. That's the thing.
0: You know, because you watch it, like, okay, this is when this happens. This is when this happens. Boom, the movie's over.
1: I like that little <laughs> section where he's like, oh, stop looking at porn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. You know, and it goes so fast, and you hear the voices. You understand what they're saying, but it's like it's it's moving, like, twice the speed. It's like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, go check it out. speed run for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And, of course, go check out our review over at episode 106 at uh, SciFiWatcher.com. All right. This week we're going to hit the novel uh, Cloud Atlas. Uh, We talked about the movie over in episode 74, so go check that out. We got a link in the show notes. Uh, Written by David Mitchell back in 2004. It's hard to believe it's this old. 544 pages. Now, uh, we have links for some cliff notes on this. Brian found some great stuff. There's a Cloud Atlas read-along out there, and uh, this book is broken down into eleven parts, it's kind of like the film was, um, where we talk about you know Adam Ewing, uh, the, the Louisa Ray, the, the 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 journalist writer, Timothy Cavendish, and a bunch of other things in there. Mm-hmm. And um, I I don't know if I enjoyed this more because I saw the movie or or what. I, I don't know if the movie t- tainted my opinion of this book. Hmm. Well, you know, because because I'm I'm as I'm as I'm reading the book, I'm I'm I have images of the movie in my head. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, is this the way it should be going? But one thing that ticked me off about the book, because it's it's a it's a good sized book, is I get into one story and I get deep into it, and also it's like, yeah, we're gonna change now. We're gonna go to another story.
1: Right, and there were there were some stories that were really hard to read. Um, hmm. Especially the the older stuff like the the Journal of Adam Ewing. I really could. It was really hard to read that, and mm-hmm. I think it was done that way on purpose. I'm not sure because it is a journal. Um, the uh, the second one, the part, the second part where he's the composer, that was really funny. I mean, it was it was more funny than it was in the movie. Letters from uh, Zettel, Zettelgem, right. think It's called that one. Was more funny to read than it was in the in the actual. Um, movie itself right and there, there was definitely some different beats from the movie to the book yeah a lot more detail too yeah and i, I guess you're you're always going to get that when you compare a book to a movie they can't really show you all the different steps that go on
0: i i, I mean, the great example for me was the, the louisa ray mystery that was part three of the book mm-hmm. they they go into this whole backstory about her it was her father when he was he was a vietnam writer and yeah he started talk- off she, as a cop was- yeah they talked about like his whole history and i was like wow i want more of his story now mm-hmm. i was like wow can i, can I have that story too it's like i was craving more of of his story as as she was describing it uh-huh. as it's like oh don't
1: stop now don't go back <laughs> to you go back to him and there was some the, stuff uh, that you found out about her dad that Really didn't make sense in the in the movie because her dad like was missing an eye and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They showed his picture on the wall and he wasn't missing an eye. And
0: yeah, little things like that. It's like they could have, but I think if they had shown him without a without an eye on the wall, then they might have to explain it or something.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, people like, why is it like that? Um, The one part that I got really slowed down for me. I I, I'm trying to find it here. Oh, was uh, part six.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The, um, I I could the, not get through that.
0: Slusha's crossing and everything after that was. I was just like, I just wanted to rip that part of the book out.
1: Well, it's because it was, it's the most hard to read because he's writing in some future um, version of the English language that's like right, um, pygmy or something or or I forgot the right term, but it's it. Um, you got to really listen and, and try and make the connections what they're trying to say yeah and I didn't it, always make it, I, the connections
0: yeah and thank goodness that was its own story there wasn't like separate parts to it it was it was by itself but I got to that point in the book that's like the center of the book I'm like oh my god this book is just stopping now mm-hmm. I just I did not I wish they took that completely out of the book I was like I have no interest in this in
1: and, and, and the book it ended differently than it did in the movie completely yeah. different I wouldn't say completely different but it was from a different viewpoint Mm-hmm. The whole story was, is really from somebody else's viewpoint. Right. But I guess they couldn't cast all those actors maybe.
0: Well, yeah, that's another thing too. It's money. You can't, yeah. you,
1: you know, you can't. Same thing with that letters from the Delgum. Um, yeah. there was another character there that was not in the movie. Um, it was. Eris's daughter. Mm-hmm. Eva. Like her story wasn't even in there at all.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just I. I mean, well, it's a time issue too. Yeah, it is a time when thing. You, it's a time issue. You have to cut stuff out. I mean,
1: what can you cut out and keep the story? It was already moving? a long movie. Yeah. Um. And maybe if they put it into different parts, but I guess they could. They couldn't really do that to expand that that movie over three movies or something like that. I think you would have
0: lost interest. Yeah. You know, the, um, one thing, the thing about this book is it almost felt like it was like 11 novellas. I kind of wish we had like, like these as separate little books, like mini books. Yeah. Instead of one huge
1: book put together. Cause
0: you know, as you start reading this, it's like, where's this going? You
1: know? And that's why they said, you know, this book is one of the, when they, when this book came out, they're like, how are you going to put this into a movie? There's no way you can fit this into a movie.
0: Yeah, you have to chop out a lot of stuff, and obviously, you know, there's so much detail in this book that never makes it to the big screen.
1: Yeah, but I think they they made they did a good job of getting the major beats into the film. Uh huh. The major Agreed. high points, and uh, yeah, like the first part, there's a whole backstory about the the indigenous people of that New Zealand uh, island uh, that they're living on, mm-hmm. that they go into how the slaves became, and then. Um, that slave that boarded the ship—he talked about his backstory, how he became good at being a, you know, a ship's mate or whatever. Right. I mean, I, I enjoyed reading the book because it gave you more detail. But yeah, I can see how they they struggled with getting this into a movie. It's just so much, so rich uh, for all these stories.
0: In the in the way it was designed, too. This wasn't one story with the same characters you know it's a it's it was six stories broken up into 11 parts yeah you know so that's another thing too is you're bouncing back and forth you know it's just like how do you how do you do that
1: but i mean i i had the same feeling as you when i got to the different parts there's parts that i really liked listening to and then there's parts that are like man i have to get through this to get to the the part i really want to hear i know
0: I know. That, um, the part six was the worst. That, like yeah. you said that.
1: I really liked the Sanmi stories. That was those really were, cool.
0: Those were pretty good. Those were pretty good. Um, I still, I, I think I said this when we did the movie, I love the Louisa Ray parts the most.
1: Those were the easiest to read because they were in present, they were written in present tense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot easier, easier to um, relate. Right. And I was reading a little bit on this read-along uh, website and they say it was written kinda of like a uh, they said an airport novel where the stories are pretty like larger than life, or the characters are larger than life. Like you got your bad guy, your good guys and
0: Yeah, because they break it up like little chapters. Yeah. You know, it's like one and then da-da-da and two, da. And like like you got like the letters part was kind of broken up by the letters, even though there's other stuff going on. The journal's broken up obviously by journal entries.
1: But the reason it was written that way. Um, I read this little read-along, and it's because that's uh, Lisa Ray's wife telling of her mm-hmm. life, and they wanted to make it into a movie, I guess. And then right. the next guy, the Timothy Candish, Cavendish, got a hold of that story, and like, oh, look at this. They're trying to make this into a movie. So you get a little backstory there.
0: Right. So, all in all, I don't – I think if this if this wasn't a film, I don't think I would have picked up this book at all. Yeah, me neither. I think it would have been too complicated. You know, I think the fact that we'd seen the movie first made this a little easier for
1: us to to digest. Now, what do you think about the way that the film was put together and how the book was put together? Because they're not the same. Um. I, I
0: think if the book if the movie was made the same way the book was, it would have been a little more predictable. Because if you if you look at the way the book's set up, it's a mirror image. Right. It's you, part you know, six
1: is you know, the far future and then it goes backwards again.
0: Yeah. yeah, five and seven, four and eight, et cetera, et cetera. So part one and part eleven, the book ends are the same, you know, the same time frame. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think if they had done that in the movie, I don't think it would have been as good. The flow wouldn't have gone as good. I think the way they rearranged it in the movie made the flow so much better.
1: And I think uh the author uh I forgot his name already. I wrote it down David uh, David Mitchell David Mitchell he was consulted for the movie and you know he approved of the way they put it together so so that's so that's,
0: that's a that's a good sign too when the author gives his his okay on something.
1: Yeah like and he understands too how they can't translate the way it is in the book into a movie
0: No of course um the one thing the one thing that the movie did that obviously the book can't do is the fact that you had the same actor playing multiple characters. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, I think that's what made the movie so enjoyable. You know, as you read the book, there's no, you know, there's, there's obviously no thing saying this character is the same as this character here or whatever, because they're not, you know, the movie, the movie gets to have fun with that.
1: Um, but all in all, what do you think that was a plus? Is that what you're saying? I think it was a
0: plus. Okay. It made it more fun, you know, because the, you know, these actors didn't look like the, these, the same person in every part and didn't act the same they We're like Tom Hanks. You know, you knew it was Tom Hanks, but you're like, wow, he's not Tom Hanks at all. He doesn't look like Tom Hanks. He doesn't act like Tom Hanks.
1: Especially when he has that accent. Um, in the, uh, the Cavendish story, he throws yeah. that guy off the roof.
0: And, and that threw me off. I'm like, I was sitting there like, wait a minute, that's Tom Hanks. Because you never see him
1: like that before. Yeah, I mean, you really the get to act- see the strengths of these actors, right?
0: Yeah. So, um, I, they they did translate it pretty good, but yeah, this book I wouldn't I would have put a pass on, but I think I enjoyed it more because I had seen the movie. But the way the book up is so unusual would have turned me off right away. I'm gonna be like, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. You know, breaking up the, breaking up the book into parts with different taking place in different parts of the world in different time frames and different characters and very little connectivity involved mm-hmm. um, yeah I, um, if you're going to go do this book I did. we did this book in the audio form I like the fact that the audio was done with different voices as they changed from part one to part two they had different people doing reading different sections
1: I did like that also yeah you got to have it a threw- different feel too
0: it threw me off because I'm I'm listening to section one, then all of a sudden the voice changes, and I'm in part two now. And like, I'm like, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, especially when you have the British characters being read by British mm-hmm. readers, that that really helped. It really takes you into it a lot more.
0: So would you you would would you have passed on this book too before the
1: movie? Um, I probably would not have picked it up. I I, I picked it up after seeing the movie. Because I wanted right. to know more of the backstory because I could tell there was probably more to it. And like I said, my favorite yeah. section was the Sanmi 451 sections. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that was the futuristic sections too, yeah. You know?
1: I, I hated the uh, part six, though.
0: Yeah, that that was the worst part of the book. I kind of wish they could have just taken it out and we could have just skipped over
1: it. Yeah.
0: And it was too long it seemed like that was the longest part of the book too
1: well because it was there was no part one and two it was just complete it was a complete story so that so I guess it
0: was the longest <laughs> it felt the longest and it was the longest part, so it was just I was like, are we done yet? Are we done
1: yet? I want to get back to real language
0: <laughs> you know, let's get to, yeah, I don't like the way this is being done <sighs> so those are our thoughts and of course make sure you go over to episode seventy four and hear our thoughts on the movie version of this and check out the links. Brian posted. We have the the article about in Wikipedia about this that can help you a little bit, and of course, the great um, WordPress article of uh, the read along, which really goes into detail of each part. And the person that did that. Kudos to them. So definitely go check that out too. Uh, next week on the, well, next week we got a lot of stuff coming up on the show. We're not just doing this one once a week stuff anymore. Tomorrow night, of course, there's a new episode of Almost Human coming out. So right after the show, we do it right here Monday nine p.m. Eastern time. We record our thoughts on it. So every time there's a new episode of Almost Human, you can catch us here at 9 o'clock right after it. Uh, we pre-record our Red Dwarf specials. They're available Thursdays. This Thursday on the 5th of December, Series 2 will be coming out. So make sure you're over to the website and download or subscribe and get that. Hear our thoughts on that. We're going to be doing every series of that, all 10 of them, every Thursday. Next week, Brian brought this one to the table. I'm glad he did. Fantastic Voyage. Not, not the music Have video you,
1: song. It's uh... <laughs>
0: Have you seen this movie before? I have not. Oh oh boy, this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, join us next Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern as we talk about Fantastic Voyage. And if you can stick around, we are going to pre-record our catch-up on the Under the Dome we didn't get to do earlier in the year. We're going to talk about the final episodes of Season 1 right after that. And I can't wait to do that either. One one
1: last thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um if people don't know this, they can go to com slash schedule to see the full schedule, including all the other shows. Yes. Can they? <laughs> yeah. I found How that do today. You How'd you find that? Yeah, you know, your Google That's, your Google Calendar.
0: Oh yeah, it's in depth. And if you can, and you know what? If you don't want to do that, you can it's on the bottom right of every page too, is our live schedule. There you go. Yeah, so and you just click add Google account, add the Google calendar, it goes on to your thing. And that's always up to date. So if I make a change somewhere and you go, well, you guys aren't there. If it's not there, we're not there. If we change stuff, we change stuff. Trust us. I always update that the moment we change something.
1: Yeah, so they'll always know what's going to come out. So
0: So go check it out. It's say slash schedule. I'm going to have to put that on the sci fi page too. That'd be awesome. Just to do that. So I'll put, I think I'll start doing that. But go over there now. Don't go to sci com slash
1: schedule because then we be like, it's not there now.
0: <laughs> All right. Of course, I want to thank Brian Lee for being here tonight. Brian, where can we find you online?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Brian Says. And
0: of course, you can find us, as always, sci-fiwatcher.com. You can always contact us anytime, day or night, through our email, feedback at com. Your thoughts, your reviews of anything we talk about, links to something we missed, something you want us to talk about, whatever feedback at sayproductions.com or voicemail 813-915-6390 and yes we are on the social media sites facebook.com slash sci-fi watcher google plus it's google.com slash plus sci-fi watcher and of course on twitter sci-fi watcher I want to thank everyone for downloading this week's episode spend a little bit of your bandwidth with us and until next time have a good one